I'm sorry. I'm sorry about everything. It's a very um, important, monumentous day. We get to verify Brandon Wainer's Spotify recap. Y'all are going to be mad as fuck. It's going to be so fucking hilarious. I'm, <laughs> I'm super curious about this. Very curious. Bro, watch it be bluey. No. <laughs> it's fucking bluey. No, it's, it's not bluey. I can promise you. I'm not lucky enough. But... um. <laughs> Y'all remember the terms before we start, you, you get all pissed off and bickering. What were the terms? That I can't have T-Swizzle anywhere in my rap. If I do have T-Swizzle, okay, sounds- if I do have T-Swizzle in my rap, I'm a Swifty. If I don't have T-Swizzle in my rap, I'm not a Swifty. I, I, I just- y'all's rebuttal was anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> <laughs> God looking out like a oh, wipe his Spotify data. <laughs> Bro. All right. So I am going to stream it to you, play it to you, so that way you can verify there is nothing crazy here. I can't send it so the other people, unfortunately, if you're listening, you won't be able to hear it because Spotify rap does play music in the background, or else I would just yeah. I would just put it you know in there. But we can't. Uh so. We'd, we'd be stuck to Spotify, literally. <laughs> this would be a Spotify exclusive. That that would be a Spotify exclusive podcast if they, if you did that. That's like their their terms right mm-hmm. there. All right, I got it up for you, boys. Hopping in the blue blue. How'd you get it to work on your browser? It wouldn't work for me. <laughs> what wouldn't work for you? This. What do you mean it wouldn't work for you? Had to do with all my damn phone. Oh well, you got it right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <God>. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Somebody's body's changing. <laughs> all right. Wow, sixteen genres. Damn, bro, you you cultured man. Oh, hold, hold on. Guess guess what my most listened to genre is. Nickelback. It's not a genre. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> yes, they are. Okay, yes, I, they think, are. I, I think it's going to be. I'll, I'll take. I think it's going to be like soundtrack, like game, like soundtrack. Oh, like game soundtracks, movie Watch soundtracks. The... Okay. Yeah, okay. I feel like you're oh, a guy dude. that would sit there and vibe to that. Okay. The Greatest Showman is number one. The Greatest Showman oh. is number one. Let's go. Let's go. Ooh. I know this, man. Greatest Showman is number one. Let's go. <laughs> Movie two. I, ooh. Y'all did good. Y'all did good. Here we go. See, I like I like this new feature that they added, too, where it tells you, like, where... Where the fuck is this? 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Ladies and gentlemen, it tells me that I have the same music taste as Provo USA. What? Bro, what? The, what is? What is a Provo? Yeah, I, uh, Provo. Oh Provo is in Utah. Mormon. <laughs> me and Mormon. Yeah. You know the tracks actually. <laughs> really. <laughs> oh my god. So the Mormons were expelled so, from my state in the Great Mormon War. And I'm not even making that up. Missouri had a Great Mormon War and kicked out all the Mormons. It was a weird point in American history that they don't teach for some reason. Because the Mormons believe that, you know, that it's uh, the Garden of Eden is in Missouri, and Missourians were not vibing <laughs> with the Mormon religion. You know, you got a shitty place. I got a cool Where'd one. Where'd you get? Colorado Springs. Man, I don't know. The older I get, the more I dislike Colorado. And hear me out. It has nothing to do with the state. It's purely the people. <laughs> like, everybody I've recently met in, like, the last five years from Colorado, anywhere in Colorado, has just sucked as a human. Oh my God. So what's funny about this, too, is that it says people there are, for, are far more likely to be fans of Sally Jaworski, Lebo M., and Jason Weaver, who I've never heard of. Jason Weaver's online, no. too. Who is Jason Weaver? You'll know here in a bit. Oh. <laughs> I'm cheating. Good, so, you should, because I was going to Google it. Six songs. Oh wow! Never mind, y'all. Uh, clean. Oh. Look at that. Listen, that song is such a bop, ladies and gentlemen. When you get the chance, I really want to stay at your house. Is the bop. That song makes me have feelings. Dude, I play when I take a shower. <laughs> if, if I'm ever, like, uh, what's apathetic? If I'm ever apathetic and I listen to that song, it brings me back to reality. Reality or does it take you to the moon? Unfortunately, I think the whole point of reality is that you won't go to the moon. <laughs> Ooh, there it is. <laughs> I think that was the whole point. That strand, Brandon. <laughs> what is going on here? Well, boys, describe what you Yo. see here. <laughs> so wait, okay. So do you, wait, wait, do you want to start from five or do you want to start, start at one? Right? Start, at one. start from yeah, one. Start at one. Work your way down. Because you all had the same reaction. Because you were all like, okay, yeah, all this makes sense. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. My man got a specific playlist of ten songs. <laughs> there was, there was. But wait a minute, did Elton John write that song? Wait a minute. <laughs> okay, so so number one is I really want to stay at your house by Rosa Walton and Hallie Coggins. So I, I that's that you know the yeah. tracks. Number two, Dead Stranding. By churches. churches. I've, I've been very mm -hmm. vocal on this show how much I love I love churches. It's it is a great True. first off the, uh, you know, and then Dead Stranding. I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah. And then this is this is where the party. <laughs> this is where everything comes um, off the way. <laughs> so it's <laughs> the Circle of Life from the Lion King soundtrack. I can't do this anymore, Kenny. Just take it. I'll, I'll, I'll hop in here, y'all. Hey, y'all, this is Kenny. I'm your resident uh, Disney shock jock. 
So we're going to take you to a magical place. We're going to kick it off at number three. Circle of Life from The Lion King. The OG Lion King. Make sure you tell them that. The Oh, yeah, the original. Yeah. The original. Not the not the live action remake. The original. Again, again didn't, didn't Elton John write that song? Why isn't his name there? I don't think it was Elton John. I think he I think he provided vocals yeah. and you gotta remember back in the day they wasn't giving out song credits like they do today. Yeah. We'll look into it. I think you're onto something though, because I distinctly remember Elton John. He did. Yeah. He, he wrote did the, the lyrics. Yeah, he, he wrote the lyrics mm. to the circle of life. Or it could be a Don Cheadle situation, oh, uh like in Ocean's com- Eleven. Not yeah, mm. in Ocean's Eleven. He's not credited in Ocean's Eleven. He composed it. He composed it. He didn't write it. Tim Rice wrote it. Elton John composed it. That's it, then. Very rare they'll put a composer on there. And, yeah. I got to say, I mean, they're, they're, the, they're the better they're the better Lion King songs. Yeah. Mm. It's, I'm, I'm very, it's funny that number four pops up, because um, I know who Jason Weaver is. Um, I just didn't know his real life name. Uh, if you guys remember the show Smart Guy, he was the older brother. Mm. So what a lot of people don't know, the older brother from Smart Guy, he did the he did the voice of Simba in The Lion King, and he ah, did the singing as well. And what? it's it's funny that this song is number four because not only did this song actually, I believe it went double platinum a few days ago. I can't wait to be king. It, oh. I believe it just went double platinum. You're welcome. And, I'm contributing. <laughs> right? And surprisingly, this I'm pretty sure this is what kind of like saved Jason Weaver because when he like signed up and did the movie, he could have gotten a lump sum or he could have gotten royalties. And he made the smart decision to take royalties. Wait, can I ask you something? Did you say that he sang and acted as Simba? Yes, yo, that's no, that's him that, singing. That well, I I know that, that I know that that's him singing, but acting it was Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Was it Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I Jonathan forgot Taylor, about that dude. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor. Well, he, he he looks like um the kid from the Sixth Sense now, but yeah, but yeah, no, it was Jonathan Taylor Thomas. But but uh, Weaver, yeah, he was the the singing voice, and he actually um. He turned down two million dollars. Uh, he turned down two million dollars to take royalties, and he's very happy. Mm-hmm. With it, so amazing, smart decision. And then the last one, number five, it's really number one in, in the Wayner household since he has two kids. Can you feel the love tonight? <laughs> so, gentlemen. I don't hear an objection. Do you realize I've won this game from the start? You see, what you failed to remember is I have two kids. Do you think I could be jamming my goddamn tunes all day? No. (laughs) (laughs) These are my song choices. Frozen. Obviously Lion King. The Greatest Showman. I don't really complain about that one all that much. And then uh, what's the other one that he's really into? Oh, Cars. The car soundtrack is now made an appearance. Life is a highway. I hate Rascal Flatts. (laughs) So 
<laughs> so not my not my bot. But uh yeah, we this is this is what we get. I'm I was surprised that churches and uh cyberpunk calling it what it is, it, you know, were on top. It was right on the edge, man. Could have gone either Would way. Would you say I was an edge runner? <sighs> Moving on. Cry. Not on this <laughs> You're my boy, David. You're my boy. You're a fucking moron, David. Everybody told you. I'll miss you, though, Rip. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, yo. So clean. Um, Talk to somebody me. at Spotify hacked this man's account because there's, there's no way. Why? What's up? There's no way. You can't call yourself a Chiefs fan if you're not a Swifty. What's wrong with you, Brandon? That's a good media <laughs> reversal that you played. <laughs> yeah, so keep going. I'm curious to see I'm well, you the, spell the different. rest of this. Do you put the D in parentheses, Kendall? Anyway. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I'm a top 2% fan <laughs> of Hugh Jackman, baby. <laughs> You're oh, a, t- dude, a top 2% a top 2% fan of Hugh Jackman. Like so did you get the little message from him? No. No, because they were, he wasn't my uh, number one guy. Somehow. Uh, oh, he was. No, he is your number one. <laughs> well, I didn't get the message. I mean, you'll see it here in a second. I didn't get the message from him though. Yeah. I got the message from like three of three of my favorite bands. I was like, "Oh hell yeah." Yeah, that was a dope edition this year. I'll give them that. It was really good. Look at my number. Far Cry. You say, well, do you know that specific band in Far Cry? No. Who were they called? Um, I'll send you one of their songs here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah, it's Nickelback. Yeah, the Hope County Choir is my number three band. <laughs> KDA is my four. Okay. Oh, you listen to League of Legends music? Oh, you all. Oh, oh, you are totally <laughs> in timeout. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Pause oh, there it is. Recap. August. Hold up, August, he was listening to The Lion King. That's when it went down. That's when it all went down. That's when down. everything went the way it is. No, Someone's oh, on the what? other line. Who is it? It's Churches. Yeah, that's who my message was from. It's the only one I got, too, because nobody else loved me. <laughs> Dude, I love the fact that Shorty was like, oh, I forgot to record this. <laughs> like, yeah, they all look like message. that. No. They she all looked like, like that. It too. She was like, so I guess you listen to a lot of us this year, and I'm told that I th- th- thank you. <laughs> it was I owe you. I owe you. Great it was like you. You don't owe me anything. <laughs> oh, the Bro, way you I'm, listen this year makes you a hero, or maybe we should say anti-hero. Ooh, the plot that, Yeah, well, that's, that's the part. Taylor Swift. Yeah. That's the part I got okay. nervous as shit. <laughs> I started real life sweating. <laughs> so I was like, oh no. This backfired on me. <laughs> oh my god. That's the it, one I a... got. That's the same one I got. Yep. I listened to if I like you, I'll listen to everything you ever made. Yeah, uh, I liked like I kind of feel like that. So I, if there's a band I haven't listened to, like recently I did it with the Beatles, I'll listen to the whole damn library. See, I can't listen to the Beatles. Well, I mean, I didn't. That's the. That was just an example. We'll say like corn. You're supposed to eat that. I mean, you can. 
When you eat your corn, do you put on a leash clean? I don't even eat corn. He's a communist. Oh, great. I, Not I a bet socialist because I don't eat I corn. I bet when you poop, your corn yeah. is, isn't whole. I bet it actually comes out chewed. You well, anti-American. I mean, that's fuck. because I don't eat well, I, I don't eat corn. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I don't eat grits either. Yeah, that's I don't eat grits either. I, I'll back you up on yeah. that, brother clean. Fuck grits. Yeah, grits ain't my thing. <laughs> Dude, I, I went I got went down to Georgia. They were like, make grits. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, you can give me literally anything else. I'm fine. They did. They did. They gave me the salad bar. Perfect. I'll take that any day of the week. Yep. Not really. Salad bars creep me out. I don't know what a buffet yeah, a buffet will creep me out. Best. I've heard that. Like there are certain places where the salad bar is like the number one weird thing. But salad bars creep me out. I don't, I don't know what it is because I'm fine at a buffet. Buffets don't creep me out. I don't know what it is about a salad bar. Buffets get you more sick. Too. Yeah, they're t- no, way me. more likely to actually like catch something <laughs> and die. You get a little. You get a little that seasonal flu. Yeah, it's super fucking weird. I don't know. It like it's a just a weird thing. I don't know. Why are you describing the Golden Corral, dog? <laughs> I haven't been to a Golden Corral in years, and I've actually been thinking about going to find one. I don't, I don't think I've ever been to one. It's weird. They're worth going to, but not a lot. Is that seafood? It's it's a buffet. It's a bu- it's a buffet thing. Go, just go. Listen, just go. It, yeah, you, there's nothing uh, I can do to explain it's it an to experience. you. Yeah, just go. <laughs> I'm gonna say this. You it. Oh, go for it, go for it. You're, oh, no, I was going to say, there's nothing I can say to talk you into it or out of it. Just go. I mean, the only buffets I'm familiar with is the buffet at Sizzler when I was a kid and all, like, the eight, mm. the eight, the little Asian cuisine buffets that they have all over the place. What I remember from a kid? Oh, and CeCe's Pizza. I was going to say Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut had a little buffet thing. Pizza Hut did mm-hmm. have a buffet. Mm-hmm. Bro, they started the salad bar. Mm-hmm. Like, well, let me rephrase that. They marketed it so well that the salad bar got popular and everybody was popping up with, with one because of Pizza Hut. Yep. Was it was it like Boston Market kind of like that? I can't. Re- I've never went to Boston Market until like recently in life, so Dude, I don't know. Their mac, their mac and cheese used to be so damn good, bro. Dude, you got to be a certain tax bracket. <laughs> Damn, I, I like that. I like that mac and cheese. I haven't had that shit in like almost 30 years. Ooh, it might be time. Yeah, sounds like it. It might be time, man. can't believe I just said that. Man, so he wants a macaroni. But speaking Make of getting in somewhere like deep, dark, and wet, we're going to... Whoa. <laughs> hey, whoa. whoa. You did it too. Don't you fucking look at me crazy-eyed. Hey, Megan the Stallion was not on my recap, so... But um, we are going somewhere dark and deep, boys. We're going into the void, actually. Who's void? Oh, nice. Um, the big void in the heart of Isaac Clark. Okay, yeah, okay. I'm with you again. Okay, I thought you were talking about my prison pocket. Man. I thought you were talking about Warframe. I thought we were going to go farther. <laughs> oh. We don't got time for Warframes, Lord. <laughs> no. Warframe doesn't have fucking time for Warframe, Lord. And clean, I'm sure it's a very nice pocket. <laughs> But no, boys, this is different. This is completely different. Because we're we're going to the mining tram, boys. We're going to the mining tram because we need to get to mining to find that SOS beacon. And um, just to give everybody a recap, we 
are picking back up right after um, Isaac went full Demon Slayer and took out a giant creature, giant creature made out of like human biomass and 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 every nasty thing you can think of called the Leviathan. He jettisoned it out into the cold, cold vacuum that is space, and we know that there's a potentially a way to call for help. And it's on the mining deck. So Isaac is currently over. He's making his way over there. Or excuse me, over to the trams. And as he's getting there, we get a call from our resident computer techie who we all thought she wasn't going to do anything and has the most suspicious recommendation known to man, Kendra. So she hops in and she lets us know, hey, the systems on the mining deck are going haywire. But it's okay. She's working on it and she's going to get the elevator activated for Isaac. And then she asks him if he has an idea where Jacob Temple, remember Jacob Temple, he's the engineer on the Ishimura. He's the one we've been sporadically getting messages about. He hid the beacon in mining. So she and she's asking, him, do you think you know where it is? Isaac says he's not sure, but he knows he's going to kick it off in the control room first. But before him and Kendra can continue the conversation, Hammond interrupts it. He hops on the comm and he's looking for anybody. Kendra responds like, yo, like, where the hell you been? Where are you? And he's like, y'all, I'm hiding in the vents in the crew, in the crew deck. He's made it all the way to crew deck to look for survivors, and currently he's hiding in the vents. And then Isaac kind of like, essentially, I guess, comparing their experiences because they've all kind of been running around solo. Isaac's like, yeah, man. He's like, they're everywhere. And Hammond is like, I'm not talking about the monsters. I'm talking about the unitologists. They've lost their damn minds. So apparently there's not really necromorphs on the crew deck. It's a whole bunch of religious zealots running around. And he tells him that what he knows they lost their mind because he saw one guy stab his friend in the head, just stood there. And then in Hammond's words, fucking smiled. Yeah, he helped his friend with his headache. I'd do the same for you two. Oh my god. HR. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I, I, I'll accept it. If you were like Brandon, I have okay. a headache, I'd stab you in the head and relieve the pressure. I have a headache now. I'll be right there, boo. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you, my man, he out here in the clutch better than Tylenol. <laughs> Tylenol killed more people than me, by the way. No, so That's why I made the reference. So. <laughs> I'm just informing the public. You never know. Like, like on a side this... note, if you ever get the chance, definitely read the story about Tylenol. It it is a wild, <laughs> wild ride. Trip. You wouldn't was think it, it would was be. Wasn't Sue the Fed? Which one? Huh? Wasn't Sue the Fed for Smurfs? Didn't Sue the Fed just get Sue the Fed just get caught lying to people. <laughs> I'm going to bow out of this one. You lose track. You lose track how many times Big Pharma lies to the public. So. It's, you really don't have to lose track. It's just every time. 
it, for, for reference for everybody in the world, there is nobody in this world who is going to help you without an ulterior motive. If you think otherwise, you are lying to yourself. Here you go. I, I, there you go. Oh, that, just from the headlines alone, I'm going to read that, yeah. <laughs> That's all you need to read. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going to do a, a, farm, a pharma episode. Okay, yeah. hold that note. One day. <laughs> it's all connected, guys. It's all connected. Well, I know Isaac could use some Sudafed or Tylenol or whatever, because um, after Hammond lets it be known that there are actual people killing people on the uh, Ishimura, and you've seen it a couple times, his uh, calm completely goes out. All right, then from there, Kendra immediately tells Isaac to hurry up and find the beacon ASAP. So we will then exit the tram. We're in maintenance now. We're going up um, a couple elevators, and, and then we get to what's known as the rig room. So we go through the rig room to get to the mining control room. And Isaac, our hero, he scours the room. He looks for supplies. He then makes his way over. And Kendra chimes in again as he's approaching the elevator to get to the rig room. She's like, hey, there's two sub decks in mining that are locked down, but they're fully active. She's like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to do some digging, but I'll, I'll get you access for right now. So Isaac proceeds. He gets on the big elevator. I like to call this elevator the Battle Royale elevator. It's nice, big. It's it's the cage, the best way to put it. Or Hell in a Cell like for some this. of you. I like this. Like they said, the freaks come out at night. So Isaac proceeds to activate the ele- elevator and he starts his investigation in deck. See, so the elevator, the gears start turning. It starts descending. You can hear the gears, everything cranking, just da da da. And the more and more the elevator descends, it gets darker. It gets a little slower, and then immediately the gears start rumbling, and it comes to a complete stop. There is a power routing malfunction. And if you've been listening long enough, or if you've played long enough you know something's about to pop off. So as soon as that elevator stops and Isaac takes a moment to surveil his area, immediately to his right, in all the confusion and the chaos of the elevator stopping, a necromorph sneaks in getting ready to lay the kill on Isaac. But at this point in the game and the story, Isaac is a walking arsenal. Yeah. So... <laughs> This man immediately puts down the first necromorph with his plasma rifle, just peppers him with plasma bullets. Only then, in like wrestling, anime, like fighting game style, for another necromorph to drop into the elevator getting ready to stab hands. But is Isaac Clark. So from there, he puts away the plasma rifle, whips out the plasma cutter, makes short work of the second necromorph. And then it's only to be immediately attacked by Slasher Necromorph number three from behind. But Isaac's not effing around. He whips out his giant plasma cannon and essentially like eviscerates our last guess. The power comes back. The malfunction is cleared and then the elevator continues its descent. And as we finally arrive to deck C... Isaac exits the elevator 
and he's welcomed by a beautiful red sign. And the red sign reads, Beware traps ahead. And as Isaac, you know, gets closer and closer to the sign, we look to our left and it's a hallway. It's slightly illuminated. And you can hear like the screams of, I'm not going to say people, maybe necromorphs, maybe something else. We don't know at this point of the issue more since things continue to evolve and change. So I would just say, wouldn't it be funny Mm. if the person who made all the traps then wrote a sign that said careful traps ahead as a joke and then in front of the sign put another trap (laughs) you literally described every dark souls game every dark souls game (laughs) you're evil i mean i've knew i've known this before but you're just pure evil i like it now i get it i like to think i'm somewhere in chaotic neutral at, at worst you're like orange red Kind of. I would go with a burnt red, yeah. Or burnt orange. My man said a burnt red. What even is a burnt red? (laughs) What's that even fucking look like? Rust? I think that, I don't know. That's like, I think that's over red. Not under. I like that. (laughs) It's actually a pretty cool color. What if I told you you get to see it? It's crimson. It's the new crimson. (laughs) Burnt red. I'm going to be box of burnt red. <laughs> I mean, technically, if you go to the beach and you get burnt, you, you're living the dream. So, as someone who shaves their head, the thing I found out is like you are guaranteed to get a sunburn no matter the time of year on top of your head <laughs> after the first time you shave your head. After that, you're fine, but you're going to burn the shit out of it. <laughs> wow, I'm sorry, man. Oh, no, it's fine. I mean, it only happens once and then you're good. <laughs> Dude, if you need some, I got you. I got a full mop. Okay, imagine somebody... You you have that weird kid in class. Or that gross kid. Whoever. I don't know. Um, but that one kid in class who had dandruff. And not just like normal teenager dandruff like we all got. But That's I mean weird. like dandruff. Like people would think they had lice at times. Ken Dog, have you... Did you, the fuck? Did you didn't have the dandruff kid? I, I mean, dude, we went to Jersey. We I saw everybody getting checked for lice, but we didn't get Brandon, checked for lice. So that's fair. Brandon, just at me next time. Okay, so <laughs> I'm gonna sit back down. Just at me but, next uh, time, yeah, bro. Next time, you guys uh, just think of that dandruff kid. Remove all their hair, but keep the dandruff on their head, and that's what you look like. As <laughs> the first time you burn your head after shaving it. <laughs> Man, you're describing me after my visit to Naples. So, <laughs> yes, y'all, black people get sunburnt. Being the dandruff kid is better than being the lice kid. So, where is Naples? Isn't it? Isn't it south? In Florida. Oh, I thought we were talking about Italy. No, no, I'm not that rich, bro. I'm only going to probably maybe twice in my life, and I'm only at one. So it'll be a couple. Jesus Christ. Oh, man. Anyway, I was going to make it. You were going to say, no, it's not. And then I was going to say, but my nipples are south. It was going to be a whole joke. Yeah, we're perverse on this podcast if you haven't figured it out. Well, everybody's got nipples. Hold up. Mostly everybody's got nipples. 
I love the correction. <laughs> Somebody was ready to hit us with a voice. <laughs> My time to shine. I think if you take all the people with extra nipples, you know, those third nipple people. I was about to say. I, I'm sure that we level out, is all I'm saying. On average, hold on, I'm going to take bets. I want to take bets, and I'm going to put it in a poll, and then next episode, I'm going to I'm going to post the results. What do you think the national average for nipples is? Somewhere between one and three is what I'm going to guess. <laughs> I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess 1.8. I'm going for five. It's, Impossible. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you think right. on average. No, hold on. I need to. <laughs> I was going to let him go. <laughs> I just want him to look me in the eye first. <laughs> I mean, you think the national average for the amount of nipples on the human body is five? So here we are. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> Man got the so, He got a whole journal. I was watching this video today oh. about this dude, about this dude who was in jail, and he wasn't talking about nipples, but his nipples were like three inches long, and you can see it in the video. So I'm thinking if they could be that long, then why can't we have five nipples? <laughs> Completely logical. I was going to make a dumb comment and say unlimited nipples, but I'm just out of the race. I'm just, I'm going to forfeit my turn and just call it. I'm just going to do it now then, because now I just need to know, because Clean's got me all fucked up. <laughs> My man said five, and he said it with his chest. <laughs> what five, is man. the national average for nipples in the U.S.? Clean, if it's 4.8, we're going to have a conversation <laughs> after this podcast. <laughs> okay. Well, I found it. So I know the average areola diameter is four centimeters. Bro, I'm American. We don't use the metric system. <laughs> okay. Excuse me. So what the fuck? Big no, I'm getting like so many. There's so much happening here. I'm gonna fall down a rabbit hole that I don't need to fall into because I can I can tell you the averages in areola size. I can tell you the averages in nipple length. I can't apparently tell you. The amount of nipples that is average in the United States. <laughs> oh shit! If, Clean, you might be you, right. <laughs> if you have more than three, can you get milked? Show me the tits on an almond. I don't know how else to react to you. Right Thank now. you. No, no, no. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, how do, how do we get milk? Just... <laughs> almond milk. It doesn't make sense to me. Y'all, y'all are barking up a tree that's going to get us, uh, we're going to meet a particular type of Clinton if we don't hop off this topic. Oh, Lord, I've lost y'all. Y'all are in it now. Good no, Lord. no, no, I'm not even looking at anything. I'm good. I'm ready. 
We're not the first people to have this discussion. Apparently, I've been finding traces of it going back 10 years of people needing to know. <laughs> yeah, <for> <laughs> Can't believe this right now. I wonder if it's like us. It was just a dumb comment that turned into a whole Discovery Channel investigation. So, Dead Space. Dead Space, yes. Yes. All and the bombs spaces of dead. And traps. Right. So it's funny. You walk down this hallway after you see the the warm welcome and you're you're literally you're literally surprised by the color burnt red because there is a necromorph running towards you and the traps are lasers. A la Resident Evil. Oh hell no. No, it's it's like I will I'll say Resident Evil Light. You could tell the Ishimura was on a budget because it only just it's like your legs and not your entire body. So he's either gonna entrapment this shit or he's gonna shut something off. Well, here's the thing, right? To get to the mining control room, Isaac has to go past the lasers, and him being an engineer, he uses his noodle and he's like, "There's a metal crate." So he uses his kinesis and he plugs the metal crates in between each laser so that way he could just pass through. And if enemies appear, he can yeet them back and then watch the lasers do all the work. Must be nice. Right. Did you Dude, guys know engineers are lazy as shit. That only 0.2% of the population has extra nipples. I'm cutting you off. Okay, so... Because <laughs> we will lose an entire hour down this rabbit hole. <laughs> That's a bonus episode, y'all. <laughs> the Nipple Chronicles. We need answers. <laughs> we need answers. What have I done again? There you go, Clean. You so, set this man up. He ain't going to bed tonight. I know. No, he's not. And so... Okay. <sighs> We'll, we'll, we'll double back. Brandon put a bra on. So, as Isaac, you know, he's making his way over. <laughs> All right, Oscar. Um, De La Hoya. So, he proceeds through. He makes it past the lasers. And he gets what's known. He gets to an area known as the extraction area. Uh, there's no Hemsworth brother hanging out there. So, he enters. And we actually meet a new character once the door opens. Now, it's a very brief cameo, um, but it's a crewman, and he is missing his left arm and leg, and as you watch him crawl to you, you literally watch the last little bit of life he has left, and you get to hear the breath leave his body for the last time. Okay. So that was a very interesting scene, and the irony of the situation is as you watch this man die, you're essentially in the safe area. So Isaac kind of surveils. It looks like you're outside from how well illuminated it is, but it's kind of like a giant engine room. And when I mean the extraction area, it's one of the areas they use for extracting the minerals and all that from the the asteroids or the part of the planet they pull up in Planet Crack. So, you know, Isaac's getting his bearing. He's taking a look. You know, there's a save station in there. And then as soon as he takes a couple more steps... The safety room turns into an arena. Because immediately you're attacked by one of the necromorphs that spew acid at you, as well as one of the uh, bat brain necromorphs that create new necromorphs, and they try to hit Isaac from the back. Yeah. Question 
Yes. Does does this acid like decrepit the suit if it gets on them? Yes, you will hear his suit sizzle. Ooh. Yes, there there is sizzling like it's it's fresh fajitas out the kitchen. Like a sizzler commercial. Bro, like it it's wild, but it it's funny too because when this attack happens, if you're quick enough, you dodge it like uh like as if you're on I Love New York dodging spit. And you immediately you can kinesis the necromorph along with the creator one, and that way you could put them down like ASAP. Or you watch you hear Isaac scream in pain as the acid is entering or penetrating his armor. So depends on your reflexes. But either way, Isaac, you know, he takes them on, he chops them out of existence with his plasma cutter. And as he's surveilling the area, the music's still going, so we know the fight is still on. If you're not careful, immediately another or metal slasher appears from behind you and it starts trying to take Isaac down. So Isaac takes a couple scratches. He hits the the metal metal armored necromorph with a mean hook. And then you could just hear the echoes of the plasma cutter going off until the necromorph goes down. So after Isaac has cleared the area and surveilled that there aren't any more visitors coming to extraction... He has to repower the elevator from extraction to get to the main mining control room. He repowers the elevator. And as soon as he's getting ready to go on the elevator, shit gets real, real quick. He is literally engulfed by swarmers. And if y'all remember, swarmers are those little necromorphs. And just to give a better description... We know that the necromorphs are entirely made up of like flesh and, and biomass from all the humans on the ship. The swarmers are just little pieces of skin that have mutated. So nothing is safe on this ship. Anything that is mutated can come up and attack you. But luckily for Isaac, he goes full Gordon Ramsay. He whips out the, the flamethrower and takes him to Hell's Kitchen. You creme brulee all the swarmers and then you make it into the mining control room. Now... When you enter the control room, it is oddly um, clean. Like, it's it's pretty well kept, minus the dead bodies that are scattered about the room. So, not sure what the janitorial staff's been up to. But Isaac kind of surveils the room. He walks around. There's a two desks, a monitor. And then he finds the monitor to launch the, uh, the launch tube to send out the, the beacon. We don't have the beacon yet, but Isaac, you know, tries to test out the system. As soon as he presses the button, we're informed that the tool, the tubes have been sealed and we need to speak with Supervisor Dallas for our authorization. Now, you boys are familiar with Chekhov's gun, right? In a, in a storytelling a- a- aspect? Uh, very slightly, but yeah. Neat. Right, so... All right, perfect. So the best way to describe it in any story, movie, TV show, there is not if if we see a gun in episode one, that gun has to be used somewhere in the film or in the ending. So we know that gun is going to return. When you're looking at the monitor to look at the launch tubes to the left is another monitor. And on it, it, get, it tells us gravity tether status. I know me as the player, I kind of looked at it and I was like, we're probably going to do something with this later. I'm just not sure yet what it is. So just keep that in mind. It's kind of like when uh, it's like starting Fallout and you see the cryo later and you can't get Mm -hmm. into it. So you got to come back later for it. Exactly. Exactly. So hold that note. 
So as soon as Isaac figures out, like, ah, shit, I need to get, I need to get the supervisor's rig wherever he is. Kendra calls in and she's like, yo, you're making progress. Um, I see that we need the, the rig, the supervisor's rig to authorize it. So she starts checking and she's like, listen, I see activity of the rig on the processing sub deck as well as Jacob Temple's rig is showing activity on the maintenance sub deck. And that might be where the SOS beacon is. So, and then as she's kind of going on, she's like, yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what's the malfunctions on this particular part of the ship. Isaac lets her know the malfunctions are not malfunctions. Those are all the traps that got rigged up on the, on this part of the deck. That's what's causing all the issues here. Kendra unlocks the two sub decks and she's like, make sure the beacon isn't wired to anything and just get it moving. So now that Isaac has these two goals, he needs the supervisor's rig and the beacon. He's going to focus on the rig first. So he backtracks to the extraction area. He hops back on the battle royale elevator. Uh, we do have to send a couple of the, the lurkers, the necromorph babies to the NICU. And then he takes it to deck B. So deck B is dimly lit. It's littered with blood. There's crates everywhere. There's crates blocking entries. So, you know, to keep the creatures out. But as we're approaching, there's a desk to right in front of us and to our left if you're proceeding with the, the quest line. We approach the desk, and this is probably like the most haunting recording I've seen just because of the repercussions, and it's a recording of Jacob Temple. Jacob is sending a message to um, the doctor that we met in Hydrophonics, Elizabeth. He's sending her a message, and he tells her that he got a message from another survivor. So he's going to go rescue him. But before he leaves to take this risk to rescue him on the ship, he's like, I'm going to lock up the SOS beacon. And the and honestly, the reason why he does is like, we don't even have the right launch window to send out the beacon to get a good signal so we can get rescued. So he's just going to put it away for safekeeping, especially with all the craziness of the unitologist. And the worst part about this message is, is the amount of hope that he has because he's like, I'm going to go rescue this guy. And I think our luck's looking up. The guy is a doctor that he's going to rescue. And the guy, the doctor's last name is Mercer. So if you remember, Dr. Mercer was running sanctuary out of the medical lab, drawing any survivors from around the ship to come in and get experimented on. So when he when he reveals this information in the message, he's like, hey, I love you. Please don't do anything risky. I'll come back. And it, it's kind of sad because he's thinking we're going to find a doctor. I'll come back here and then we'll send out the SOS and we'll get off the ship. But essentially, I'm pretty sure Elizabeth's man, boyfriend, love thing is dead. Can't confirm it yet. But if he ran into Dr. Mercer, more than likely he didn't survive the doctor's visit. Either way, after seeing the vid, Isaac then proceeds. He proceeds further into this deck and he hears more screaming. As he's walking through, the hallways are, are kind of lit up with a, with a yellow hue. And he keeps proceeding. He goes down a corridor. He goes down another corridor. And then he hits the left. And then as soon as he hits the left, he's immediately greeted by a necromorph. And we've talked about it. Brandon, it's your favorite necromorph. And the actual name is The Pregnant. 
So it immediately charges him. Isaac has to whip out the plasma rifle, pump enough plasma bullets into it to cause it to explode, and then switch to his flamethrower to take out the swarmers that erupt from the pregnant after you destroy it. But the fight isn't over. Out of the shadows, another slasher comes in charging Isaac. So Isaac switches back to the plasma rifle. He drops a proximity mine and then he peppers it with bullets until it hits the proximity mine to then explode into pieces. But because he was so focused on what was coming in front of him, he didn't realize there was a spitter behind him. So at this point, you're immediately hit with that corrosive substance and Isaac does shriek and and scream and you could see the sizzle and the smoke on him. But... As a retaliation to the creature, Isaac whips out his flamethrower and then it proceeds to light it up. The fight isn't essentially over. We still hear screaming. We still hear moving. So Isaac's moving around, but he stumbles upon a security message. And the message is surprisingly from Supervisor Dallas. Supervisor Dallas immediately kicks off the recording. He's screaming for backup. Do you boys remember Dr. Kane? Oh, yeah. I haven't heard that name oh, in a yeah. while. Right. <laughs> he was at my end for a little bit. Well, we get a huge revelation in this recording. He calls security. He's like, send security immediately. Dr. Kane has lost his mind and he's and he has a he has a mining crewman hostage yelling at Dallas to give him the coats. He's telling him that this hostage will be limp for the rest of his life if he doesn't give him the codes to the cargo bay. And Dallas is like, my guy, I'm in processing. Why would I have the codes to the cargo bay? Right. Like, bro, this is above my pay grade. Like, yo, I'm, I'm just I'm, I just mop floors here. And- <laughs> <laughs> I just work here, damn it. <laughs> Yo, literally, that's everybody on the issue more. <laughs> but here's the odd part about this. I think Dr. Kane was really trying to help. Because at this point, when he tells him, like, dog, I don't got the codes. He responds with, and, and, and mind you, it's not even a response. It's a plea. He's telling him, I need to get to the marker. Before time runs out, if I can get to the market before time's right out runs out, I can save you. And Dallas got some balls on him because Dallas actually makes an accusation. He tells him, you're going to save me the way you saved the captain. So and it's here we find out from Kane and it's a bit of a confession. He's like. What happened to the captain was an accident. But don't compare me to Mercer. I'm trying to save you and the markers is the only hope. So Dr. King killed Captain uh, Matt Matias. So it wasn't a necromorph. It wasn't a random object. It was the doctor that killed the captain. And then the last thing that we hear on the recording is where the fuck is security? And then Isaac enters mineral processing. So, mineral processing, this is actually a very fun little time. You get to hop into zero G, you get to kind of fly around the room, and we need to clear out some of the asteroid debris that's in the room to get into the main office of mineral processing. 
And as you probably have guessed, as soon as you clear out all the obstructions in the area, the room then proceeds to get filled with necromorphs. Talking leapers, slashers, lurkers, dividers. And as a player, you have two options. You can try to fight everybody and exhaust all your ammo. Or you can do the smart thing, turn off the zero G, watch all the necromorphs kind of fall into the central area, and then you beeline it to the office and kill whatever necromorph is in your way. Because once again, it is highly recommended in this game. You do a lot more running than a lot more killing. And it's here, as Isaac beelines it into the office, we find Supervisor Dallas. Or better yet, we find Supervisor Dallas's body. And when we grab the rig, we also find a log from him, essentially his last will and testament. And it goes, not sure what happened, but I locked down the sub deck to make sure they can't leave. And neither can I. I've seen what they do, what they do to the bodies. And I can't let it happen to me. And he's like, if I don't have no limbs, when I get infected, I can't hurt nobody. Then that's the end of the log. So we pretty much find out in terms of this deck, Supervisor Dallas blocked it off to save as many lives on the Ishimura that he could. So for a man who probably didn't get paid enough to know the cargo bay codes, he's essentially a hero. And... One cool thing about this scene, and I, and I thought it really kind of made the whole thing a lot more eerie. The reason why I recommend beelining it too, because once you grab the rig and the auto log, there are windows in the office. And if, you know, if you're like me or somebody playing, when I looked up, you could see them just surrounded by the necromorphs in the room you don't kill. And they're just there waiting, just watching Isaac. And it's super creepy, but luckily... There's a back door that'll take you back to the main floor in the um, in the extraction area. So Isaac kind of beelines it out the back door, pulls a prince, walks down a creepy hallway. The power goes out. There's a little jump scare. And then Isaac's on his way. On his way to where? Where is homeboy going? He's going back to the Battle Royale elevator. Remember, he was on deck D. So now we need to go to deck B to now get the SOS beacon. I mean, with the war games cage. Because he's the engineer. The hell right? in the cell. Right, that's his old game. Yes. And he's got his his little, what's his gun? The, the, the uh, plasma cutter. Yeah, he's got a plasma cutter. And you're telling me that this motherfucker couldn't just cut his way to places he need to be? I mean, everything's already fucking destroyed. Hear me <laughs> out, man. If he plasma cuts the wrong hole... He's going to get jettisoned out the tiny little plasma. I mean, no, that's that he made. 100% understandable. But then why wouldn't just getting the schematics to the ship be the number one thing? Or getting them all on the way? Why not just contact who made the ships? Because somebody's making these fucking ships. Now, I'm sure you can get a hold of the fucking records for it. And you have a whole space flight to do that. True, but you got to remember something, right? We have a ship that's like destroyed in certain places. Um, yeah. And then depending on which deck you're on, there's multiple different barricades you can't break through. Um, well, I'm saying that you could. And m- in 
theory, you could. I'm just saying he's doing a lot of extra running around. I think he could be going places. Or if a door is locked or some shit. Fuck a key card. I mean... (laughs) Go in that bitch. Look, (laughs) Qui-Gon. Look, Qui-Gon Jinn. Not everybody can just plasma a door open, okay? Uh, He could. And that's the bothersome part. I know I can't. And he has the ability. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Here's the thing, too, right? So there's not a feature that gets talked about just in general. There's a built-in little navigation system in his suit that tells him where to go. So it's not like you're essentially lost trying to figure it out. I mean... Like, it literally pops out. So hear me out. It's hard to get lost when you're going in a straight line to where you need to go. Yeah, man. But (laughs) here's the thing, right? If I got a ship... With, like, these alien creatures that are crawling in probably every crevice that I can think yeah. of. And and mind you, it's not even the ones that can chase me. There are some that are just wall that will try to kill me as well. Cut those fuckers, too. <laughs> Bro, you only got so many plasma bullets before you're shooting air. <laughs> My man's using tools. He's not using, he's got like really one gun. Everything else a, is actual tools. If it's a cutter, why Why does he have bullets? Well, they're not, they're not, so the plasma cutter isn't essentially a gun. It's got yeah. like charges is the best way to describe it. I make it sound like a gun, but it it's essentially like, hey, yeah. there's X amount of charges to like cut this particular metal or asteroid or object. I mean, okay. you're finding more as you go through the ship, obviously. Yeah. I mean, you can do the same thing. As soon as you start getting low, start looking around in the places you're at. You'd be surprised how often you might have to go fisticuffs in this game, especially on the harder difficulties. I have a plasma cutter. I can just cut them up. Look, man. Look here, Bob. I will tell you this. This is the best way to describe it. Prior to Isaac and his whole squad getting in there, I can tell you from what I know and what I've seen of Dead Space back in the day, seen multiple people equipped with plasma cutters. Are there any rail guns? Like, not like Halo version, but like handheld version? Close. There's a tool. There's a tool that's essentially like a rail gun or a plasma cannon that you can use. That'd be about the only one you need. Depends on how many charges you got. Those are not the same ones as the plasma cutter on Golden. Oh, oh no, yeah, no, 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 no. All the tools use different ammo. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so set. Hear, hear, hear me out, dog. I'm telling you, if you play that bad boy on Impossible, you sh- shit runs out real quick. I'm talking like toilet paper during the pandemic. <laughs> this is bullshit. Isaac's got it rough. Ah, it, man, it gets rougher. <laughs> it gets rougher. Isaac's backtracking to now go to the next deck to get the, uh, the SOS beacon, right? And as he's approaching the elevator, we get a call from Hammond. Still hiding in the vents, by the way. And this time, we actually get to see the unitologist or the we see their bodies is the best way to put it because Hammond is hiding an event that's essentially in a, like an auditorium or a giant open space in the crew deck. Cause we see essentially an army of unitologists. They're bringing in a giant statue 
And that statue happens to be the infamous dreaded marker that we've heard mentioned a bunch of times. And just to give a description of the marker, imagine, well, not even imagine, remember all those, those lessons you learned in science of the DNA and the shape of it. So imagine that same double helix in red as like, but more pointier and more demonic looking. We're witnessing the Unitologists bring the marker in. And you can even hear chanting as it's being brought in. But for some reason, immediately, once like it gets into like Hammond's proper view, it sends out like a psionic blast. It cuts off his vid and it immediately hits Kendra and Isaac. And they are both reeling in pain. And then Kendra tells him. Well, not, she doesn't tell him. She's screaming, make it stop. And then that's at that point, that's when Isaac puts two and two together. He's like, holy shit, the, the, the statue, the thing, the marker did that. And then she tells Hi, Isaac, hurry the hell up. I want to get off this ship ASAP. And then all the comms cut off. And then Isaac then enters Degdi. And this time... We're greeted by the sounds of what sounds like a human, but it's more likely a necromorph, as well as half the room is covered in that necromorph gorf, um, excuse me, necromorph growth. And not even two seconds hopping off this elevator, it turns into an all-out brawl. We're hit by two slashers, two of the bat changers, and we have some baby lurkers in the background. You spend a large amount of your ammo in this section, especially if you don't prioritize the bats because they'll start pulling random bodies and start converting them into slashers. So just something to keep in mind when you're in this section. But either way, Isaac clears that he uses a large amount of his ammo to clear them. So we're talking plasma rifle rounds, plasma cutter rounds, uh, flame, flamethrower, fuel cells, you name it. But either way, checks the surrounding, he proceeds through and he moves into he moves, he's moving into the equipment maintenance bay and as he moves in, there's a trolley that he needs to pull over with his kinesis to hop on and I don't understand why this man actually has to do all the manual labor it's so bad to the extent that not even the elevators run without him so But it gets worse because as soon as you get the trolley and it starts making its way, it's a long straight line into darkness and you keep being attacked by necromorphs on your left and your right. So you can either duck, you know, duck, dodge, duck and dodge, or you can try to take them out. Either way, if you survive the encounter, the trolley takes you across the maintenance, the equipment maintenance bay. And it's going to take you to the workshop. And this is probably the hugest reveal in the game. We are greeted by a character. Can you boys take a guess? Who do you think we finally see in the flesh? It's Tupac. It you got it's Tupac. No, that can't be right because I'm not Jada Smith. I would. You are bald. You got alopecia? No, she's just a fucking copycat bitch. <coughs> Shave my head first. 
You better get his wife out of your goddamn mouth. <laughs> I was going to be like G.I. Jane 2 with Brandon Wayner. Oh, man. But who is it? Kevin Hart? Clean, you got no... It, close. She is short. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Nicole has finally entered dead no, space. Fuck this bitch. I don't even want to talk to her at this point. <laughs> what you mean? She been busy. Nah, fuck her. Bro, she out here looking for cures. She was essentially running the medical bay before Mercer moved in. So <laughs> And she just let that happen. I don't know, man. I, I feel like Homeboy got some, you know, necrotic muscle that does all his I'm work. Stay in the vacuum of space overcomes all. He's a good, good man. That's what I gotta keep telling myself, Clean. He's a good, good man. So good it hurts. Yeah, so good. <laughs> in this moment, I, you could tell Isaac literally opens up as a character. And, like, he's probably a little shook. Immediately, as soon as, you know, as soon as he sees her, you know, he tells her, like, yo, I'm going to get you home. There's an SOS beacon nearby. And then she's like, yo, I know the beacon. I know I know about it. I know where it is. I can get you to the workshop with my credentials. So here's the thing about it. You are on this platform to the left that leads into the workshop. And Nicole is kind of in this office that's across the way from you. You guys can still see and talk to each other. So both of you guys entered the room before the workshop. So, and and mind you, this is an odd thing going on. And it, of the whole meeting with Nicole, it bothers me a lot. There's eerie music playing the whole time with this meeting, which is odd, especially when two lovers meet together in a horror movie. And as you proceed over into the next room, Isaac gets attacked by two necromorphs. Nicole starts working on opening the door. And as soon as Isaac dispatches those necromorphs, he has to cover her from across the platform while being attacked by necromorphs. So <laughs> after doing that dance about two, three times, Nicole opens the door for the workshop and Isaac kind of starts losing his, his focus on the mission. And he's like, not even worried about the beacon now at this point. He's like, how can I get over? How can I reach you? And she tells him, no, 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 no. Focus on the beacon. Focus on the beacon. She'll reach him through the multiple maintenance ducts that are on the ship. So keep your eyes on the prize. So Isaac, you know, he tells her, I love you. And she's like, listen, I believe in you. I know you can do this. And something about this encounter stinks right at the end. So as I'm getting ready to go into the workshop to grab the SOS beacon, Nicole, this is the last thing Nicole says. You know, you can do this. You'll put things back the way they were and make us whole again. And then she's gone. Which is a very odd thing to tell your significant other. But regardless, Isaac enters the workshop, grabs the SOS beacon, and then Kendra calls. He gives her the sit rep. He lets her know Nicole's alive. And then Kendra's like, huh, she's a trooper, ain't she? And at that point, the game, and this is interesting because I actually remember this from my first playthrough. When you grab the SOS beacon, you're supposed to ride the trolley back. And it's the same fight, this time going backwards. 
in this iteration of the game, you actually cut through on one of the sides that the Necromorphs were on. You clear it, and then you activate zero G in the room so you can fly back to the exit. Oh, they made it made sense. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Which, now I to like pull that. a Brandon Wayner, if I could just fly over, why didn't I turn on zero G from the beginning? <clears throat> Thoughts? <laughs> Comments? Not that about sums up my, uh, my portion. Oh. Took my whole ass cue card oh, here, okay. but it's all right. <laughs> 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 I'm going to mind my own damn business. <laughs> But yeah, I was kind of like dumbfounded. I'm like, I'm not going to make the excuse. Oh, the zero G consoles over there. Like, no, 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 no. There's like three or four on the wall over here. So either way, Isaac zero G's. He has to kill a few necromorphs on the way out. But we are back on the battle royale elevator, y'all. We are back. And this time. Favorite place. Right, and you best believe there is another tango on this damn cage. More slashers. It's, it's very, it's very, it's very PG. So more slashers coming. Isaac takes them down. He molly wops them. We get there's a couple actually. There's actually as soon as we get off the elevator and we're heading back to the control room, we get we get attacked by a couple of the metal slashers. Um, if you navigate around, you could trick them into hitting the lasers. But if you're unavailable to just you know drop as much ammunition on them as you can. Either way, Isaac, he makes it back. He gets into the the control room. He's getting the SOS beacon ready. He's about to launch the tubes. And like everything on the ship, nothing ever goes according to plan. When Isaac activates the launch tubes, it starts loading. It starts processing. And then we find out that the tubes are not able to launch. We find out that the unitologists on the ship, they rigged it so nothing could be launched out. Kendra's panicking. She's like, yo, what can we do? Can we throw the fucking beacon out the window so that way somebody can catch a signal? Isaac lets her know, like, no, it needs to be out in space a certain, like, range for it to be properly used. And they're running out of time and they're not really sure what to do. Once again, Isaac, Isaac is brilliant from beginning to end. He's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's like, when I was in mineral processing, I saw the asteroid that we pulled up. What I'll do is I'll drop, I'll drop all the way down back into the extraction area. I'll break the gravity tethers holding the asteroid. I'll plant it on the asteroid and launch it into space. And Kendra's like, are you suicidal? Like, are you trying to get yourself killed? She's like, the machines are still running. Like you're gonna you're gonna get extracted. And Isaac being Isaac Clark, he's like, Shorty, we're fresh out of ideas, and this is the only way the beacon is going out. So enough dilly dally. She she approves of it, and Isaac he makes his way down, you know, to do this thing. So Isaac on the way to the mining bay, he clears out a couple necromorphs, he hops on a couple elevators, and then when he finally hits it. He gets there and you can see the asteroid tethered to the ship. He walks in, he it goes into zero G and essentially what you have to do is you have to stasis the gravity tethers and there's like a type of like gear cover that rotates and when it hits a certain angle, it leaves the energy core open. There's about four tethers and Isaac, you know, systematically takes them down. Then from there, he attaches the SOS and he sends it out. Now, he runs back 
He runs back to the mining to the mining control room. He makes sure the tethers are off there as well. And for the first time in their lives, real good news. Kendra reports like, hey, the asteroid is pushed out far enough. The SOS beacon is working. The way things are shaking out, we can probably get rescued here in 48 hours, which is a long ass time to stay on this ship. But if they play their cards right, they'll be out of here in two days. Well, before they can, you know, start singing and dancing, the mining control room goes into lockdown. The quarantine kicks off and then a hunter immediately enters the room and he's accompanied by slashers. And this is probably the first time you really see Isaac lose his cool because he immediately is yelling and screaming for Kendra to open the damn door so he can get out. And she's like, I can't like it's locked. And he's like, yo, activate the manual override. So that way I could pull the damn switch myself. And it's essentially Isaac running around the control room, throwing cryo canisters, throwing books and pens, whatever he can find at the slashers and the hunter until she can open the door. And then the game has the audacity, doesn't even open the door for you. While you're being chased by this giant mutated necromorph, you have to stop and use your kinesis to pull the switch to open the damn door. When that door opens, I don't know if it's in game, but I can tell you whatever stamina energy Isaac had, he runs out of that office so goddamn quick. Like he runs so quick. There's a necromorph in front of him. It's like that scene in White Chicks where he's like, boom, bitch. And there's a boom, beelines it. So Isaac gets out of Dodge. Why is it beeline? Kendra calls in and she's. Why is it huh? beeline? Why is it beeline? That's a wonderful question. Because the A-line has all the alphas in it. <laughs> Actually, let me put on my nerd glasses here. B-line means a straight or direct course. The word comes from the belief that once bees have collected nectar, they take the most direct course to their hive. So why, Boom. But then why do we say the phrase as the crow flies? Don't, don't flip this on me, Ricky Bobby. No, I'm good. You you asked me for beeline, so you won't get crow flies. I'm just saying, why is it cut bee off. then? Because the, the, I'm, no, because it doesn't. Every flying creature takes the shortest path. They have the ability to do it's so, and due to the laws of, of calories, even humans do it. You ever wonder why humans will cut across sidewalks instead, and they'll groove their own fucking pathways rather than walking the extra two feet to be on the sidewalk it's because of your monkey brain because we're rebels no it's because your monkey brain goes this is shorter less burn of calories take this way it's natural to be lazy like it i'm not improving it and you shouldn't do it and i'm not for it but that's just why it's so common and you see it all the time when you remove that ability or when you apply that to the animal species you get the exact same effect that everybody's going to take the exact shortest path to wherever they're going i don't like what your third ex-wife did to you and i wanted to stop so it's a crow line got it moving on <laughs> we love you debbie bitch line is what you did as isaac returns or he escapes he gets back to the tram and kendra lets him know like hey uh bad news remember i told you we had 48 hours 
found out the comms don't work on the Ishimura, so the comms array is not in the right position. Nah. So instead of 48 hours, they might not be rescued indefinitely. So Isaac has to return to the bridge where he fought the other hunter to go to the communications array. And that's where we're going to end the episode. Good night. (laughs) Please. Hey, thank you for listening, everyone. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher uh, to stay up to date on all things lore. Also, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube to leave feedback and make suggestions on what series to do next. You, Me, and Lore is an original podcast written and produced by Brandon Weiner and Kenny Gomez. We do not own the rights to any of the artistry. All rights are owned by their respective companies. Sound and editing by Kenny Gomez and Brandon Weiner. Intro composed and played by Achilles Amistad. Transitions and outro composed and played by Sam Gibbs. Both can be found on Fiverr.com. For inquiries, information, and feedback, please visit You, Me, and Lore on Facebook or email us directly at youmeandlore at gmail. Bye-bye.